Welcome to Story Life. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. One of them is myself. My name is Clinton Cornwall, and I'm here with my co-host... Alan C. Gardner. This is episode 24, which we recorded a few weeks ago, so it's a pretty fresh one. And in this episode, we discuss, well, it's kind of got divided up into two halves. Essentially, in the first half, we wind up talking a lot about the tendency, like from your viewpoint, Clinton, about people putting too much pressure on themselves to do all these things. And then from my viewpoint about uh, people sometimes limiting themselves and not doing the things that they feel conviction about because they feel like they have to box themselves in. So uh, that was the first half discussion. And the back half discussion is about the uh, merits or in some people's opinion occasionally lack thereof uh, of tele- of television shows so uh yeah. i think po- good, television good is poisoning your brain listen on oh, to no. find out Just why save it fuck television oh and everybody who watches this, it and hear my reasoning listen to the episode this is the <laughs> this is the intro clinton we already recorded the <laughs> episode it's already there buddy your point is already stated and and we'll we'll have a nice little follow-up in the outro it's way more um, chill and nuanced than that i'm just you know let's let's <laughs> let's get God. those advertisements out there let's let's bring the people in with the, the clickbait okay is that well speaking of which about bringing people in clinton do you want to tell people about our business we have a business alan yes we do in <laughs> fact before we get to the episode let us tell you about our business <laughs> me and alan we're creative coaches and consultants if you need any artistic support we love doing that kind of work we help with script notes we help with coaching you know whether you're struggling with like motivation or really just like your creative processes you need help figuring them out we look at edits you know all sorts of parts of the creative processes as it relates to filmmaking we love supporting people through that our rates are very reasonable and flexible honestly we like to meet people where they're at and we also do free 30 minute consultations so if it sounds like anything you'd be interested in just you know no pressure hit us up let's talk we specialize in organically segueing from banter into sales pitches and then back <laughs> into a launch into an episode just so you know check this out take this for a spin all right on that note let's <laughs> let's get to the conversation no i was gonna say how far out is the due date at this point nine weeks and five days to be precise okay uh so you're yeah. you're in the danger zone now i'm in the thing right now i'm in the zone of like yeah just trying to you know we're just like we're going over baby registry stuff last night and just trying to like make sure, you know, we still have certain things we have to get for our place. A new bed for the boys, uh, for River in that room, and then a crib. Uh, well, we got the crib. Anyway, there's a lot, a lot of stuff. I won't go through the laundry list right now, but there's a lot of things that, you know, we're in good shape. It's just like once you get this close to it, you know, yeah, it's kind of you feel that. I mean, I kind of have that kind of like running like healthy level of, you know, quote unquote anxiety all the time <laughs> just because there's always, you know, a variety of things to take care of. But especially when it's like, okay, you got a, a, a baby on the way, a new little person. It's like, all right, like we're in good ship because also, you know, it's our, it's our third baby. So we definitely feel probably goes without saying like more prepared than ever before. But still, there's a lot of, you know, things you have to take care of. And then within that too, like certain things like with the boys, making sure we're on, like I have to register Lyle for TK, which is transitional kindergarten, which leads and it's like grad, it's like mid between preschool and kindergarten. So that's on what Wednesday. The, what that's. That's interesting. It's a thing out here. I don't know. I, I never heard of it until out here, but it's basically, it's like. Isn't that just more born. preschool? It's just another name for more preschool. Well, what it is, but the thing about TK, preschool is, pri- I mean, at least the majority of preschools are private and TK is, is through the, is, is, uh, through the county. Oh, that's nice. It's only like three hours a day. So you still have to do like, you know, if you have to have like childcare before or after or whatnot, you go through, I won't go through, again, won't go through this whole laundry list, but it's kind of like kids who are basically, it's like, cause he will turn five in December. So, so 
sense he'd only be like four and a half, like when the kindergarten year starts, like kids who are born right now between like early September and like some point in January qualify for TK. If you're born before then or born after then, you don't. As of mm. right now, they keep expanding those dates. Anyway, so like River won't qualify for TK because he's a July baby. Regardless. So yeah, so Lau's going to start going to TK in the fall and then kindergarten next year and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's nice that it's through the county too because even like with childcare, it's going to be like, you know, half as much as preschool is because, you know, preschool preschool adds up. Basically, our, our preschool bill right now is equal to our rent. Jeez. So, yeah, you know, hey. That is that is a lot. That is a big number. <laughs> yeah. So it adds up. So having yeah having TK available in the fall will certainly help. But yeah, we're excited about. It. I mean, it's just it was kind of a trip because I went to like they had like the information night last. You know, it was technically late late afternoon yesterday, but I went there and it was kind of weird like going into this this school. You know, I haven't, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been uh on a school camp. I don't know. It was it was it was kind of trippy. Like I'm kind of like flashing back to like when I was a little kid. Yeah. And starting school and all those things and like just. Uh, preparing myself in a variety of ways for for lyle and then the year after him will be river and then two years after him it'll be you know she'll baby girl will be in school anyway it's a whole thing so yeah we're definitely in the thick of it as far as like yeah making sure that we are prepared and uh getting everything together and yeah i gonna start the boys soon with like these like multi-sport classes and stuff like that because it's it's like the older they get to the more you're trying to make sure you're on top of like oh like that you're not neglecting like certain things as far as like uh teaching them about this or like getting them in classes for that like we did swim classes a few months ago stuff like that you know uh making sure you're on top of all that stuff that could very easily like you know pass you by because there's always other things to, to take care yeah. of but you start thinking about like oh yeah. and then like preschool and like oh should we start with like music classes or what and stuff like that anyway so on and so forth but yeah man enough about me how are you you just, you do the on? you do the best you can you do the best you can I mean you know yeah, it, and that, yeah. it's similar yeah, similar totally. like obviously making movies or career things are not raising a child and I'm I'm not trying to say that but you speak of sort of the healthy anxiety and the, these ideas these upcoming dates you know I'm I'm going to South by Southwest in a couple weeks and I want to take advantage of that as much as possible yeah. and then you know hopefully through the school we're shooting a feature film in May that I'm you know going to be sort of like the head director and the students will be like the co-directors and stuff cool in the same way that the baby is coming no matter what and you want to do the best you can with it and you have anxiety Mm -hmm. around doing the best you can with it i feel like that same kind of like anxiety exists for me around like around these things but you can only you know you can only do what you could do i'm trying to trying to carve out as much time for the various things but it's hard to balance all the tasks and to know what should be your number one priority on a moment-to-moment basis you know uh yep we signed the contract with uh, the distributor for 12 months, and oh, now nice. I need to, yeah, well, now I need to deliver the film, uh, and I got now, you know, seven weeks to do that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be a ton of work, which I haven't even started a little bit yet. Still got my all my academic job responsibilities, trying to edit that documentary still, and they kind of had a little bit of a deadline right right now because they're trying to get a film festival thing going, and you know, I feel like I'm letting them down there, but I can only put in the hours that I can put, and I've been upfront about that, so you know, as long as they're happy continuing there, and then like I said, South by Southwest, and I got another trip to go to an academic conference in April, and uh, our podcast, which I want to keep going. I'd like to get more coaching clients and then i have all these films that Mm -hmm. i want to finish too and those are the easiest things to push past like like to set aside because there's no deadline part of me feels like 
you got a kid that's different. But for me, it feels like getting the films done is actually the most important thing or could be the most important thing, even though it's easiest to push to the bottom because there's no deadlines. And so that's a weird push and pull, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. It's a lot, man. It's yeah. a lot. I hear you. I hear you. Being a filmmaker has been like great preparation for me in a lot of ways being a parent as far in terms of like, you know, being able to like organize and like figure out schedules and just kind of budgeting and like keeping things on track and like, you know, working with, <laughs> with, with people more and more and more and managing like, it, obviously it's a little different with kids, but at the same time, like you are still dealing with people who have feelings that, you know, we all have those feelings as we get older. It's just that when you're younger, you process them in slightly different ways. And also it's like you have to explain certain things and talk through certain things, obviously in a way that, you know, with an adult, it's a little <laughs> a little different. But anyway, no, so I, I feel pretty up to the, like, I mean, there are obviously times where it can be like a little, as far as all the stuff that you have to do, it's kind of like all this stuff that I'm talking about, not, not even so much like, with the kids themselves, there's all the other stuff that you have to do to keep things moving. You know what I mean? When you want to nail it, you want to be the best parent you can be, you know? Yeah. And, and we, oh, yeah. we want to be the best creatives we can be. We want to be the best artists yeah. we can be in this. You also probably want to be a really good partner romantically. And like these things all pull yep. you in different directions all, a lot of times, unfortunately. All the things. They unfortunately don't align or synergize necessarily, and so it's it's you know it's just about yeah. where are you going to prioritize. I mean that's that's the thing. That's the th- that's one of the biggest things. Is like I don't know who put this concept out there, but the idea that you can like do it all, it feels like some self help shit gone awry. You know because we don't want to limit people. <laughs> We don't want to say you're not capable of doing this. And maybe, you know, this is a reaction to people's farmer parents who are saying, like, no, you can't go to the big city and become an actor. That's that's ridiculous. There's no uh-huh. way that'll work for you. So maybe this is a reaction to that. Because I do believe that anyone can definitely do any one thing, right? But once you're doing things, at a certain point, there's prioritization and there's trade-offs. And you have to really make thoughtful choices about where you put your time. And it feels like there's a lot of people who just out there, based on how they talk about things. I don't know if you've experienced this, but it feels like there's a lot of people out there who just think they could just do everything. And you can't do everything. You have to you make know, choices. It's I feel like this is a conversation that we've been like, this is a, a conversation we've quote unquote had in a variety of ways. But also it's like the more I've listened to like our episodes, like, you know, as we keep moving forward, it's kind of cool. Like noticing the patterns and the certain things that we touch on and the certain things that I like file away mentally. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll bring this back up around. Like this conversation we're having right here is one that I felt that we need to continue because I think it's a really useful conversation. And I feel like we kind of come at it with like a common, like our common goal, obviously, is we want to, in, in terms of this conversation, what we're putting out there is we want to help people, right? We want to be supportive and encouraging and helping them right and sometimes the language that like i use was like when i talk about like oh i don't want to like limit people or make people feel like they should limit themselves or this that and yeah the other. i agree on that 100 and, and then you and then you come at it more from the angle of like i don't want people to feel too much pressure about how they have to do all these things right so it's kind of like we're coming at the same thing in a healthy way but like we're tackling different so, aspects really because like yeah, one yeah you're talking almost like initiation energy like if you want something you can have it like that that i think for the most part is true you just have to take the steps to do it and then i'm i'm coming at it from more from a place of like okay now you're doing things but what is your prior- mm-hmm. priority because you can't be the best of everything in the world right like you cannot you cannot be you only have so many like energy points or energy percentages or whatever it is right and if it takes 70% of your energy to be the best filmmaker in the world and it takes 70% of your energy to be the best whatever else like you just can't be the best at all the things all the time and that's okay but I do agree it's like 
you can be a father, you can be an artist, you can be a filmmaker, you can be a friend, you can be a husband, you can do all of those things, but you will also have finite time and energy and resources. And so you just have to be thoughtful about how you're assigning that stuff to all those things and not expect that every one of those things should get 100% of you. Well, here's my thing too, is like, for one thing, I I feel like expectations in a way should like kind of go out the window. It's more about like zeroing in on like, what do you have conviction about? Like, what do you like, what gives you that sense of like contribution? Yeah. Uh, what makes you feel like you're you're challenging yourself? What what gives you opportunities to learn? As opposed to like getting too hung up on like I'm gonna be like I don't give a fuck. It's like none of it to me is about being the best at this that or the other, like or whatever. It's about like striving about the things that like because also when people get in that whole like then we're getting to the culture of like comparison and competition, which is a fucking cancer, frankly. Oh yeah, we should definitely not have have that. When I'm trying to think more about community and compassion, and when you start ranking yourself like oh I'm the best at this or I want to be the best at this or I want to be like I get like a lot it comes down to the verbiage like you know to the language the semantics like i get what people mean by that because of course like you're talking about like, you know being a father like obviously that's the thing that like i want to be by far the best at like i'm always striving to be better at because that's my most important like you know job duty responsibility like what have you like that's the thing i have to be the best at which but, like, i think is a great striving. thing that you have like you've had that conversation with yourself and sort of figured out for yourself like this is my number one priority this is the thing that's most important to me yeah and i feel like a lot of people don't have that conversation with themselves and really sort out for themselves where their priorities are right but i think too like when it comes to art and like what you create as well like i mean basically i guess like sometimes when you hear people talk about like oh they don't they don't work, think that their work is any good or that they're any good at what they do or they worry too much about that and it keeps them from actually creating something because they're worried about being bad and like all this stuff but that we've talked about for sure yeah and that i know your stance so I mean, you and i are, are very aligned on that as far as like i, I don't know because good is such a subjective thing too obviously so it's like when you get caught up on like what's good i gotta be good this and the other like what does that even necessarily mean like in whose eyes and that for yeah. me is why it comes down to again like what do you have conviction about like what lights you up what do you feel like you have to say or put out there or contribute to the world and like coming at it more from that sense of like again like community compassion and like connecting with people yeah and if you're just trying to like if you're trying to like i gotta be like because i get to like i've been through the whole rigmarole and i still like can you know as we know as we talked about like we're all pretty much our own worst critic i can still be too hard on myself and i also try to like to learn the value of like appreciating what i'm doing and not being too hard on myself because frankly that's not good for anyone and one of the things with having kids too is like you have to check yourself a lot more on that stuff because one you don't have time to be what can be kind of self-indulgent as far as like, you know, oh, what was me? Or I fucked this up or like whatever, like, you know, getting down on yourself or like making a quote unquote mistake. You know what I mean? You don't have time for that shit, really. You got to deal with your feelings and go through what you're going through, but also like know that it's radiating out on these little people who are like looking to you on your kids who are like looking to you for an, as an example, consciously, yeah. unconsciously, what have you. So that also like, you know, so they see you beating yourself up too much. They start to take that in. The next thing you know, it becomes a very cyclical thing. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Well, and this, 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 I think, relates to a lot of what we're talking about. I think one of my heroes, I, I, I think I maybe have my first hero as an adult uh, adult man, which is uh, oh, wow. the author and YouTuber um, John Green, author of Fault in Our Stars and a bunch of other things. But oh, yeah. he's got a YouTube channel with, he does with the brothers called Vlog Brothers. And anyways, check it out. I really like it. It's really positive stuff. I think that him and his brother have a lot of really great stuff in terms of how they see the world and, and how they're trying to contribute to it. They're positive con- contributors to culture, I think. But he posted a video today where he's just like making pottery and just kind of the Zen practice of it. And something that he said in that video, that which I really resonated with, is that art doesn't have to be good. It just has to be. 
Yeah. And and yeah. The, the 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 idea there is that just like the the act of the creation of the art like is the point and the fact that it exists in the world right. is the point and and anything beyond that is like not necessary and it doesn't need to be held to those standards it just has to exist and the fact that it exists is its own like really beautiful thing to be appreciated and i think that sort of speaks to what we're talking about here all these choices, you should be choosing the things that are most important to you, that you're most passionate about. We're trying to find out what those passions are for yeah. you because at the end of the day, yeah. you want to just be doing the things where you're just okay with them just being. Like that you just doing them and just being is what you're hoping to find. Now, that doesn't that doesn't talk about survival things. You know, I'm trying to make a bunch of extra money right now because I could use some money to get out of debt. That's a different, that's a different sort of calculation. Uh, but hopefully you have the privilege to get a little bit beyond those survival needs every now and then in your life or consistently. And then with your time there, like I don't think it's useful to pressure yourself to be doing all the things all the time at 100% or, or be comparing yourself to other artists or other people out there or you know it it's just like what is fulfilling for you in the act and i think it's very beautiful what you have in that being a father being a family man is worth so much for you just in the act and that kind of centers everything else in your life yeah i mean yeah it's 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 definitely centers everything else in my life and again like it's it's kind of a crazy thing when you think about i know i've said this on the pod before too but like all the things that about about me like that have been like lifelong things before i was a father like all those things the way they come into play now and the way they kind of like you know, those things that define who I am before I'm a father, now the way that I approach being a father and I approach spending time with my children and my wife and all these things, it all makes a lot of sense. Like everything about me makes even more like sense now. And just all these things that, you know, I, I, I think about and have thought about over the years and kind of like analyzing my, myself and my place in the world and my relationship with people and like trying to strengthen those things. You know what I mean? I've like, it's all kind of like, not that it was all like a big stepping stone, but it's all kind of prepared me for now, you know? Yeah, yeah again, like the whole good, bad thing, it's kind of like... Uh, Again, it's all very subjective, so it's kind of like what's... Yeah, art just needs to be. I like that a lot. But yeah, it just needs to be like, yeah, pure, indicative of who you are, like what you have to to put out there, and then people will... The people who are going to respond to it will respond to it. But yeah, I think I think a lot of you know where I come at it from too is reactionary to like a bunch of people over the years telling me that I can't do this thing, I can't do that thing, I'm this, I'm not that, and also watching other people feel like they had to make some sort of like choice that was ultimately to their detriment, mm-hmm. or and usually if it's to the, if, I mean every single time when it's to their detriment, it's also to the detriment of their loved ones in one way or another, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I come at things from is like. Again, just like, don't, I don't, we all put too much pressure on ourselves. I don't want to put any more pressure on like people that, you know, like I'm here to like, as you like, you know, I want to encourage and support and motivate and what have you. But yeah, as far as like pressure is not a thing that I'm really interested in in applying to anyone because I know that we put too much pressure on ourselves as is. Yeah. Because again, like, you know, if I listened to like any of the number of people who told me like I couldn't do this, that or the other, like I wouldn't have done anything. I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't literally be here. I wouldn't be in, you know, California. I wouldn't be, you know, basically all the things that people told me I can't do. Some people, you know, uh, that would have fucked up my life if I just, <laughs> if I just or would have very much limited my capacity for 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 joy and a sense of contribution and all those things if I'd listened to any of those people or if let them if I let them you know dictate my the course of my life as opposed to just like listening to my conviction and staying true to that and uh, wanting to yeah contribute and be a part of a community build a community all these things but no so I'm glad we dove into all that stuff more because yeah that is the kind we have been kind of like kicking around that conversation and we've we've you know 
we've dove into it before too, but um, yeah. Anyway, I felt like there was more there for us to discuss. Well, and I think fundamentally, so it's interesting you talk about your point of view comes from this place of things that you experienced as a, as a young person, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think mine is in the same place. I didn't have anybody, I've never really had somebody tell me, no, I can't do things. I also haven't had anybody saying like, yes, you should definitely go after that. And so I've had to de- develop my own sensibilities to these things. And I think that's where my responsiveness comes because I definitely have fallen into the comparison trap or, or taken on too many things and spreading myself in too many directions or what have you in the past. And and once my life has gotten the focus of, of being creative and filmmaking, I think it's it, everything's made a lot similar to being grounded yeah. in parenting like you are. Everything for me has made a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, the more I like as a kid too, like when I started really owning, because as a kid, I was I was always super artsy and creative and all these things and very sensitive and very like, you know, one to express. But also I felt like, oh, I should be more of a, you know, jock because that's what was more where I came from, like what was more widely embraced, you know? So basically any time like throughout my life where I tried to like be what I thought other people wanted me to be or thought I should be when I was like trying to be cool or this, that and the other. I mean, I learned from them all. So it's, I, I hate to say the word mistakes, but like I learned that like, oh, I don't need to try to be anything other than what I am. The more basically the more I embraced who I am, uh, the more certain I became and the more I was like ready to be like, you know, the more fulfilled I was in, as an artist. And I've always like, you know. I go, I, I run the gamut. I have the whole, the whole spectrum of feelings, Clinton, <laughs> you know, like the more I embrace who I am, I'm, you know, I've always been a pretty fucking happy guy, like very optimistic and very happy. Those are, you know, and happy. And those are, you know, things that have been attributed to me for, for a long time. And so again, like nothing's a stepping stone, like all those things. Now that I am a father, of course, like now being a father is like the most defining thing, the most important thing, but it's anyway, it's cool to see how like all the things that led me to now. Yeah. And again, just feeling that, that sense of flow and harmony and like appreciating the fact that all these things are ha- like the way that things are happening now are unfolding, like that they wouldn't have once again, if I hadn't, if I had let other people limit me or box me in yeah, or knock me off track. So yeah. Do you know, obviously you have a baby looming here. <laughs> I do. We do. Do you have a timeline in your head for Breaker Breaker and Baby Come Home and these sort of things? Do you or have you kind of just like set those things aside for the time being and you're going to get back to them when you can get back to them? No, I haven't. I haven't put them aside yet. Basically, I have a timeline in my head for the things that like and, you know, my new script is part of that, too. What's your new script called? Let's give this script a name. Well, that's part of the questionnaire, Clinton, is that uh, I want people to uh, I I haven't read it yet. How do you still need my notes? <laughs> See, you haven't bugged me. You haven't bugged me. I know I haven't bugged you because and you, I know you told me explicitly like to bug you about it, but like also that's just not my my style. <laughs> when it's like an optional thing that you know would would be a favor to me. So, dude, I, you've got enough going on. Like, if you are able to read it and give notes, awesome. If not, no worries. So basically, that's one of the things though. Is like I want people to, like the people I'm giving it to to read it and then see what they like as uh, opposed to me putting okay. a title on it. See what which of the title options Yet I to listed be titled, they feel like are most horror film. Yeah, basically that, as far as the projects, like, and outside of, you know, of course, our our endeavor here, that Baby Come Home and Breaker Breaker, like, I know, like, where I need to get with all those things, or where I'm striving to get with all those things before she is born. So I'm trying to get each of those things to a certain point where I can, like, set them down for a little bit. Yeah. Once she's born, and then, like, you know, I'll just kind of feel it out from there. But, like, when I can kind of, like, come back to them, I want to get them in, in good shape. Uh, like, I'm trying to essentially get, like, Baby Come Home picture locked before she's born. So then Ooh, hopefully get it. ambitious. Hopefully get it to, like, you know, uh, whoever. I still got to figure out who I'm going to have, like, 
come in and clean up our sound. I'm gonna do the color grading myself, but basically trying to get that, hand that off to someone who can work on it, work on the audio for a bit. So still have that going like in the background, if you will. Yeah. Have someone else work on it, and then I'll jump on the color grading like when I can. And then yeah, like getting the next draft of Breaker Breaker done before then, so we can kind of like move forward more with that. And having the new script like in a in a state where I can like you know where I feel good about sending it out to industry folks. Uh, yeah. So to speak. So yeah, it's kind of like I have all. Yeah, I've got the I've got the the benchmarks, the deadlines where I want to get to with those things before she's born. Yeah, because then I will essentially have to put those things down for a bit during those first few weeks, months, what have you. And then as we talk, maybe we'll talk about this more later too. Like you know, maybe for a couple months, like you doing, uh, just bringing in guests or whatnot, like when you can for the pod. And then uh, yeah. Then I'll jump back in at some point during the summer, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, and maybe during that time we can squeeze out thirty minutes, you know, here or there for to do some wraparounds or whatever. But uh, oh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we've got a good bank, um, you know, of episodes too heading into to all that. So yeah, if we can get some rap, exactly, get some wraparounds. Have a few, definitely have a few lined up for before uh, she's born, so we can keep publishing weekly. I don't have a timeline for any of my things, which is the problem. I mean, I have to deliver 12 months at a certain point. It'll be nice to uh, move on from that fully once it's done, you know, even though I have reservations about the whole thing, which I've talked about on the podcast. And then, you know, I have the, the haunted, this horror short film which I shot before, just before the, before the pandemic. I just got some pickups done for it. And then also my horror feature film, JPP, I got some pickups done for that. So theoretically, cool. both of those could move closer to being picture locked. But it's just my editors that I'm working with, if you're out there and you're listening to this, I doubt you are. But if you are, I love you. I love your efforts that you bring to the table. But just for me as a director, man, like I just, you've never, have you ever had an editor on your on your stuff? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just can't, you know, I haven't been able to find an editor who I can fully trust to like get it there or almost all the way mm-hmm. there or really like even implement things to, ex- to the fineness that I want them to be implemented to. Um, maybe I never will. Maybe I'm just too harsh at this point. Who knows? I gotta, even though I have editors on both of those projects, I still need to like jump in and noodle about my, and you know, as my friend yeah. Chris Russell uh, said, I need to frame fuck them a little bit. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's how I, it depends on the project. But like, you know, the ones like over the last few years, I've so edited being awesome. We got lucky, save yourself. And now baby come home. But for the basically the ones I co-directed with Brad, Batman and Cold Feet, we brought in an editor for those two. At least my pattern lately has been like, if I'm solo directing it, I'm also just editing it myself. For yeah. kind of some of the reasons that you just said. Well, it's just tough, man. It's tough to find people with the, that level of dedication to the film that you have yourself, unless you're forking out the big bucks. But you know, Editors are expensive. I think we talked about this before. Like on being awesome, I originally had an editor on board for that, but the way things went down, like it made more sense to have him be like assistant editor, and for me than to just edit the movie myself is the way that that made most sense. Just takes goddamn time, man. It takes time and <laughs> initiation energy. Yeah, I just gotta go open up these fucking project files and work on them for a bit, but. You know, between yeah. this documentary I'm editing and stuff, that's like taking up all that kind of energy. So it's just hard to squeeze out the time, but I absolutely oh, yeah. need to do it. You know, and I need to figure it out. All right. I want to get to our, uh, I mean, this is, I, I knew we needed to catch up too, because again, it's been a little while. And now I want to get to the uh, the topic of, of choice. This is another conversation that I felt like, again, like from listening to like previous episodes, like before we published them and whatnot, uh, and we're making notes and stuff like, I'm like, oh, like I hear like the pieces of this conversation. Like when I found out how you felt about TV, like I kind of like you, you had told me and then I'd kind of like forgotten. Yeah. So, but then like, 
it came up because again, like also the last episode we just published was like the one right before the six month gap between episodes that we had. So anyway, and then when you brought it up again and then hearing you talk about it briefly with, with uh, Anna, I'm like, Oh, I think there's a lot. And we've talked about it a little bit on the pod, but I kind of want to have more of a, yeah. an in depth discussion about the whole TV and film thing, if you will, your, your take on TV versus film uh, and mine. Yeah. I just want to get down to it. So Clinton, TV is an interesting thing. Okay, for for one thing, TV's evolved a lot and changed quite a bit since we were kids. You know what I mean? I feel like I had a certain relationship with TV, with television shows when I was a child, and then another relationship when I was a teenager, and then in my twenties, and then kind of like from my mid twenties on is kind of when I have essentially the relationship I have with it now. You know what I mean? And I think I've told you this before. Like Friday Night Lights was kind of like the uh, the show that really made me look at TV in a different way. Yeah. Or that made me have a different yeah like relationship to it and kind of like appreciating it more. And that was like in my mid twenties when that was two thousand six when that started. So anyway, I just kind of want to get to the heart of like what your issues are with TV and like what you perceive <laughs> it to be, what you perceive it to be versus film. And also like with those issues in mind, like what <laughs> not to put words into you about what seems to like. I'm just going to go with what upsets you about TV, or what riles you up about TV, your perception of TV versus film. So, okay. Please. Okay. Please. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe I should put on my YouTube personality mode and, and, and be, I fucking hate TV. That would probably get us more clicks once we start releasing no, no, this somewhere. No. Right. But that it's not <laughs> true. It's, it's not, that's not true. It is. I, like TV and I really enjoy TV and I think that's okay okay that's actually part of the problem okay zooming out a little bit here yes speaking from a philosophical level and I mean I don't you know I'm not judging anybody for what they choose to do with their time everybody gets to make their own decisions about what makes them happy like I'm I'm all for that <laughs> that being said and I think this position definitely comes from the fact that I am a media creator you know I I am I'm a filmmaker, and so I've thought a lot about these things. My personal opinion is that, you know, as consumers of media, I think we have a certain responsibility to be thoughtful about where we spend our resources. And I think, you know, resources means money. It means viewing time. You know, it's where we put our clicks. I think we have a responsibility there because even if we as individuals aren't shaping the media landscape, we are contributing to the kind of media that gets made by what we choose to give our attention to. And so for me, I want to be very thoughtful about that and really check in on myself and be very conscious about what I'm doing and the reasons behind it. So like through that lens, I don't think that necessarily like movies are a superior art form to television or anything like that. But the fundamental thing that I that I have a problem with and that I think puts me on that treadmill of not being thoughtful about what I watch is I think oftentimes not all TV but a lot of TV its point isn't to tell you a complete story its point is to get you to watch the next episode and keep going so that they can get you to watch more advertisements or keep you subscribed to their services and while films are not absolved of those incentives the thing about a film is that it's 90 minutes or two hours or even four hours in that case the irishman which i loved and then it ends <laughs> and it's over and it's not trying to get you to click on anything else it's not getting trying to get you to watch anything else you made a choice to watch it you were probably thoughtful about it whatever your reasons you watched it you consumed it 
and it's over and you can have an opinion on it. And then you got to be thoughtful about the next thing that you're going to pick. Whereas like TV just kind of puts you on that treadmill of like, watch the next one, watch the next one. And it's easy. It's easy. It feels good. I love TV in that it's just kind of like this comfort food that you can just click into and you know what you're going to get and you know it's a small time commitment and it's just going to be that episode and then it's going to end. But like that's another thing that worries me because like easy doesn't mean healthier. Easy doesn't mean positively contributing to things. Easy just means easy. Like, I wish convenience stores didn't really exist, for example, because they are, they're easy, <laughs> but they mostly, like, prey on people who are limited in resources of time and money. And so I, th- I think as, as a result, they're, they're net negative, right? They're easy. Like, Amazon, right? Amazon is easy. That's what's so amazing about it. It's so easy. You just click, go online, and then you you search something. In a couple minutes, you purchase it, and then it's at your door the next day. But then it's completely warped the retail landscape and has shut shut down so many small businesses. You know, and Walmart before it, same thing. It was easy. It's cheap. But was that really the best thing for us? I, you know, I don't know. I'm not. This isn't an, an economy podcast. But in that same vein. <laughs> I think I can largely get the same sort of like media value in movies that I get from TV. It's if movies stop every now and then and say, hey, why don't you think about what you actually want to watch here? And let me end and, and have you think about what you just watched. Whereas TV, you don't really get those moments very often. Now, that will be, that being said, one thing that I think TV does really have, even if you set aside all those things, one the one thing I think TV really has that you don't have in the same way with movies is you get to live with characters for a much longer time and you can really develop relationships with them like family members mm-hmm. almost and and there can be really huge emotional moments that come along with that stuff which is something that's unique to TV but even you know knowing how it works behind the curtains those moments are often like more arrived at by happenstance rather than consciousness since often TV writing writers rooms are not you know, necessarily writing to some grand scheme or grand plan, but having to pivot and adjust things on a moment-to-moment basis based on how many people are watching them and all these things. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I, you know, I hope that kind of like sums up where I'm, I tried to be, give the nuanced view of it. But if you wanted to boil it all down, the core issue to me and why I think why I kind of bang the drum for people to watch movies more and why I try and hold myself to the standard of watching movies more is at the end of the day, a movie, you got an hour and a half and then it ends. And I feel like I've, I'm given a moment to like, feel like I've learned something as the story concludes. Now, really great TV can ha- episodes can have that same sort of arc, but I'd say for the most part, TV does not have that. And it doesn't have the requirements of having that where in the same way that movies do. And so I think that's like my main place where I'm like, cartoonishly anti-TV. Very well said. Very thoughtful. I guess for, for me, well, first of all, and this is pretty obvious, but like TV and film, it's not like a binary thing as far as like TV breaks down into a lot of different categories as does film, of course. Yeah. Because some of these things that you're saying, certain people would also lob at certain film franchises, especially like, uh, and I'll preface it by saying that like I enjoy to varying degrees, like all the Marvel movies, like I like those movies, but some people like lob a lot of those things like at the MCU, Right. As far as like, it's just trying to get you to watch the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Again, like, I like what you said about being very thoughtful and purposeful, like, on what you choose to watch. And because I do like, I also am the kind of person who I like, as I know you do too, but like, I like a wide variety of things, right? Mm-hmm. And there are times where I want 
to like, it's depending on, you know, what time it is of the day, like what's going, how I'm feeling, whatever. Okay. Bottom line, when I watch anything, I want emotional engagement, right? Yeah. Now that comes with a, in a lot of different forms, like whether I want it in the form of like, you know, a half hour comedy or comedy drama or like a two hour long, like suspense film or what, what have you. I want emotional engagement, which is something I do get from the shows that I appreciate and I get from movies that I, that I appreciate and engage with. Uh, I also want like thematic resonance, you know, things that I find like compelling to, to think about. I do want... Because I, I try not to sound judgmental about any of this stuff. Because I used to have a lot more, like, opinions about, like... I think for me, some of that was about, like, getting clear on, like, who I am. And, like, when you start, like, when you're younger, you start having taste in certain things that you can be a little more easily... It's a little easier to be pretentious or whatnot. Because the more you're like, oh, I'm the kind of person who likes this thing. Then you might be a little more uh, inclined to, like, kind of, like, scoff at, <laughs> to, to some degree, like, people who like another kind of thing. Because sometimes, like, when I watch a movie, too, like, I do want more of a sense of, like, quote-unquote escapism... A lot of the time, more often than not, I want, again, that kind of, like, real, like, emotional engagement. I'm not really the kind of person, like... Because even in the in the escapist movies, quote-unquote, I also want to be connected with the characters. But I know there are some people who are just, like, I just want to watch a movie and be entertained and, like, have the escape and, like, whatever. And that's never been, like, my... Th- or, or the TV show, right? And that's never been my thing. I want to have that kind of connection. But, yeah, I guess the older I've gotten, the more I've, I've really... You know, I've, I've found it in, again, Friday Night Lights... In plenty of shows and movies as well. For me, it's all about like the storytellers behind each thing um, and what they're trying to do. Because oh, here's here's some great examples of like current shows that I find to be very high caliber and that I get a lot from. From I get a lot of like enjoyment, stimulation, emotional engagement, what have you. And they're two very very different shows too. And they're both about to come back. So one is Succession, and the other is Ted Lasso. Now, I don't know how much crossover there is with like fans of one and fans of the other. I feel like a lot of people might fall into one camp more than the other. I love both shows. And I think they're both very... I don't know. Have you seen either of these shows? I've watched a little bit of Succession. I've watched all of Ted Lasso. And see, Ted Lasso, I think, is one of those rare exceptions where it's like those creators... Bill Lawrence and stuff, I, you know, like yeah. I, I love Scrubs. Scrubs is probably my favorite TV show of all time also. But Scrubs Bill Lawrence great. show. Scrubs is great. And yeah. like if all TV was made by Bill Lawrence, I probably wouldn't have this opinion. <laughs> because Bill okay, Lawrence, as a creator, I think he is actually tr- really trying hard to improve the world with every single TV episode. Like something I love about his I, stuff is yeah. like some people may find it a bit saccharine or whatever, but they're trying. You can see they're trying to like contribute yeah. positively to culture with every single episode. There's a lot of vulnerability, a lot of thoughtfulness and compassion in those shows. Yeah, and I think that's just unfortunately that's the rare rarity. And that, you know, not every movie does that either, but my argument exactly. there is at that's least exactly. movies end. Yeah. You know. Fair fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, I guess that's my thing too. It's like I find like it's the same kind of thing when people say something about like a certain city, right? Or a certain state. It's like nothing but assholes in that city. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not true. That kind of thing, right? Where it's like, well, that's not exactly true because like I can point to any city and find some assholes and I can find some great people. Like I think I know what like a lot of it's like what people were more like comfortable with or what they got from their individual experience. Cause sometimes like Well, <laughs> let me say let me say this. So this stance, I think, the stance that I have. Yeah. He's like not necessarily pointed at you or, or or people like you because like you're already doing essentially the thing that I'm kind of being a zealot for, which is being thoughtful about what you're see- watching, right? Yeah, totally. 
And totally. if somebody can even engage with the conversation enough to say like, yeah, well, but there's examples of great TV that, you know, helped improve culture. Like we're already in the same place. I think just TV, especially now in this era, has much more occupied that space where it's just like, oh, I want to turn my brain off and I just want don't want to do anything. And I'm just going to click the TV and just like not be thoughtful about Which, that, you know. And I think a lot of people yeah. inhabit that space. And like I think my... <laughs> My my cartoonish like screw TV is more pointed at those people, pointed in that direction than it is towards people who are going to be thoughtful enough to be say talk about like Ted Lasso and how it helps culture and things. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. No, t- I'm I'm with you as you said as you know. Like yeah, I'm very thoughtful in my selections. At the same time too, I know that not everyone is me or you, and that there are people who just like want to like like my wife for instance. Like well, sometimes just want to like, turn on the TV like the end of the day or like whatever and just like have something reality TV or like whatever it is going on. And the background so she can just kind of like chill out to it like for me it's like well i used to like maybe scoff at certain kinds of shows like years ago now i'm like well what's wrong with that like as again if that's what someone's like getting some sort of like enjoyment from on some level like okay cool like who am i to judge you know what i mean i don't i don't judge it i don't judge it but like again you know as consumer this is coming from that perspective of like as consumers of media we shape the landscape and no i mean what's wrong with it Probably nothing. Probably not very much. But the question more to me is like, (laughs) what's right with it? And could I be with my choices of even the thing to turn on in the background? Could I be enforcing better cultural choices for like the type of media that gets made? And like what is valuable to our culture as like human beings of Earth and Americans and people living in California, whatever community you're a part of, by just like dedicating that background time of what show that I'm half paying attention to, to something that's like more constructive and more of a positive contributor to the world, you know? And I know behind the scenes, you know, I've seen and talked to a lot of people who have made this stuff and I've seen how the sausage is made. A lot of reality TV, for example, is not trying to tell you, they have no, they don't give a shit about like what they're doing to culture. They just want to hit the formula and keep you clicking and keep you viewing so they can sell advertisements. Like that's that's the only objective. They just have they they have the formula and it works, you know? And I think there's a lot of irresponsibility in those creators, but we feed into that irresponsibility by continuing to watch it. Okay. I mean, I I hear everything you're saying, but at the same time, I guess for me it's more like honestly, like for me it comes down to like I like it when I see my wife like watch having something like and she and I watch TV very differently. We watch TV together. Um, this is a lot, not a like, criticism she, of your wife, by the way, at all. No, no, like no, no, a lot no, no. of people let have these behaviors. Let me let me let me let me talk. I appreciate that. But it's kind of like like she has her phone in her hand when she watches TV. I don't. I'm either watching it or I'm not, right? So we view things in a very different way. Like she's kind of like again, she watches it more for like relaxation and enjoyment and this, that, and the other. And I'm and she gets engaged with certain things, but like I'm there for like the that emotional engagement. Also, like when I'm watching it with my wife, like that time together, like you know, laying down to like you know, just having like a little like wind down time. You know, right now, you know, rubbing the belly, you know, talking to <laughs> like pause it and talking to, you know, our daughter and whatnot, and like just having that like relaxing time because we don't get that much time together right now, right? Yeah. Where it's just the two of us. So it's nice when we can just kind of like relax together and put on something that we enjoy. But I guess for me, it's like when I see her like 
like if say like I'm walking by and like I see that she's got like one of her shows on like honestly I'm just like happy because I know that like for her because I know that she's like able to relax for a bit and like enjoying that time to whatever degree like that she is like usually she's on her phone like doing something else too while it's happening but I just like that she I just like that she has things that she <laughs> you know it makes me happy because she's happy honestly yeah, yeah. Um, as far as like the cultural impact like I hear everything you're saying I get it but there's so obviously there's so many ways that we affect change in the world around us yeah and there are things you know that i think are more pre- i'm not saying I, I hear your point but there are things that i think are more like obviously pressing and important than like as far as the way we contribute to the world than like the potential negative effect we might have by watching a certain kind of program you know what i'm saying especially if it's not something that obviously espousing any kind of like values that we completely like find abhorrent or whatnot i hear everything you said and again like first of all too like right now like you know i primarily make my living from reality tv and commercials and that's also allowed me the flexibility to keep working on my art and it's you know providing for my family and keeping us like you know housed and fed and all, and all these great things yeah i mean at first like again like uh, any of these opinions that i had about all these things that you're saying are kind of how i felt more like 15 years ago i think and also like with films too i remember like certain people like i would get so upset when someone didn't like a movie that i loved right like when i felt like they were kind of like not understanding like why this movie is important yeah or why like you know and then, like, if I found out that they loved a movie that I hated, right? <laughs> then it's like, oh, fuck that movie. Like, whatever yes. kind of thing. Yeah. And I, the older I got, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? I'm like, pull, like, and I'm just speaking to myself. I'm like, now it's more like my whole take is, like, I'm not here to rain on anyone's parade. Like, no. I don't want to shit on, on anything that anyone, like, finds enjoyment from. Especially if it's not, like, hurting people. Like, you know what I'm saying? If it's not, like, like, the only movies that, like, I hate now are the ones that I think that have content that I think are morally... This is all very, I mean, everything we're saying is very subjective, but like that I think are just like morally bankrupt. I think are just kind of like by are made for all the quote unquote wrong reasons from my own perception. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, like when I watch something like, first of all, I want to, I want, if I'm watching something, I want to love it. Right. I want to enjoy it. I want to at least find the things to like about it. And so I get when I'm talking to other people about like, or seeing like the things that other people enjoy, I just, and if I don't, if I don't respond to it, I just like, well, that's just not for me and fair enough. But like. I don't know. I just kind of like I'm happier now. Like I just like that people have things that they like. Honestly, <laughs> like like again, like if someone is talking about something they like a lot, and if they're asking me what I think, if I didn't like it, you know, but if they really want my honest opinion, I try to be as delicate with it as possible. I don't know. I just take no enjoyment from like talking negatively about things that someone really likes, unless I think that that the thing that they like is is uh, morally repre- <laughs> reprehensible or whatnot. Anyway. That's uh, that's my thoughts on that. So, yeah, I guess I just feel like I guess I just feel like there's so many different types of films and so many different types of TV that it's really hard to say with any strong, you know, high level of accuracy that one is better than the other. Like honestly, like, but then you know what the thing is like, and this I don't make this argument because like again, they're like same thing with the assholes and good people analogy it's like there are great movies movies that i really respond to there are ones that i don't so much there's a you know a variety in between and same with television so it's hard for me to like to paint one and you know say one is good and one is bad or one is better one is worse you know i think part of this comes out of two is just sort of like i'll I'll say like yeah people will talk try and talk to me about television shows and i'll be like "Ah, i'm not really watching tv and then it's like why not why aren't what, what did tv do to you and then, then it kind of, I have to get into that space. But one other aspect here, like just from a purely selfish perspective is, you know, I feel like I don't learn as much from TV 
as I do as a as a creator, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller. I don't learn as much from TV because it doesn't end. It's hard to reflect after an episode, even on a scene by scene basis, how the storytelling is working. It's harder to see how it all plays out. Whereas like with a movie, same thing, like it's over after an hour and a half, two hours. And then I can go back and I can look and I can as- assess all of the elements of craft after those hour and a half, two hours. And I can understand what they were trying to do and if it was if it was contributing to the story or not. Whereas, like, I yeah. just don't have the memory to do that for a television show, you know. And so that's another aspect, too, is just like I feel like every movie that I watch pretty much. I learn a little something about the craft of filmmaking and storytelling because I'm being thoughtful about that. But I don't get, for me personally, I very rarely have those feelings when it comes to television. I guess if I had to break it, like, I have those moments a lot from television too because they're both like, I mean, obviously there's a ton of crossover with the two mediums. Uh, I mean, same with theater or any other form of storytelling, like certain things that make it, you know, that are specific to that medium. Like I get obviously with TV, you get, you have more opportunity and it's basically it's elongated. Again, depending on the type of show, like an elongated movie in a lot of way, like ways, like broken up into these sections, and each section kind of like you know has its own like narrative structure and whatnot. And I, I appreciate when a show is really well done, the way each of those like individual pieces, those individual episodes, and then you look at the overall structure and the way that they all flow together, right? Like Andor is a fucking fantastic example of this. Like the way that like it's basically like four, it's basically four movies that all flow together. It's twelve episodes. Uh, each one's about like 40 minutes or so. And so they're kind of each, it's divided into like four pieces, right? So each, every three episodes, it's kind of like its own movie and they all connect. And it's just fucking incredible. I don't know if you're ever going to watch it. I don't know if you've thought about watching it, but like, it's phenomenal. And that's from, and that's a story that's told from you know, um, Tony Gilroy is the the driving force behind that. And he brought on a lot of other like incredible artists as well to bring it to life. But he brought a filmmaker's mentality to it and he designed it as such. They basically let him do what he wanted to do like in that universe. And it's it's amazing. Like and you can I mean and same with succession. It's kinda like I would set like I've described succession before as like I've never seen something that's that had a better cast or that was cast better or that was made better than, than this, you know what I mean? Film, TV, what have you. Uh, the writing, the direction, the acting, all these things are operating like at the highest level. And so I would stack it up against like any movie. Obviously the difference though is that like Succession is broken up into like these episodes spread out over these seasons. And like they just announced like their fourth season is going to be the last season because they don't want to just drag it on for forever. They're at their end game now. So they want to like, you know, wrap it up and, and move on. Yeah. I'll say this too. Like I have a lot of respect for it. And I appreciate a lot. Like when I see like that one of my favorite shows is about to come to an end, it's it's, not the, it's that thing. It's like, oh, it sucks. It's going to end. But I love the fact that when the creators do know when to bring it home, you know what I'm saying? When to wrap it up as opposed to just like letting it go on for forever. Like there are certain shows I just stopped watching at a certain point because I'm like, oh, this show just doesn't know when to end because it's, it's yeah. you know, it's it's the cash cow I've for this I've abandoned a lot of shows over the years. Yeah. But like then you have like a Breaking Bad and a Better Call Saul, which is just like to me, like again, like immaculate. And the way that they wrap things up and they don't just drag things on for forever. I just have the uh, I, I guess I, for me, it's like I definitely learn as much from even though like I mean, I, like, look, I'm a filmmaker, as you know, like I've never done any kind of like I've never created any kind of TV. I'm interested in it. But I, you know, I was drawn more to movies as a kid. And that's the way my mind works is in those complete like, you know, like you said, like 90 minute to two hour stories. My kind of first venture into that world will be more like I have a miniseries idea in mind. So I'm like, oh, I I can see the value of exploring this story over the course of like eight to 10, 45 minute to an hour long episodes, as opposed to trying to cram it all into one movie, right? 
Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in in that process because I've never done that before. Like all I've written is like plays and screenplays. So I'm I'm in the you know as far as a creative goes, I'm in that realm that you uh, that you're talking about and that you're in. But I still like learn a lot from TV shows and the ways that certain moments are you know are, are crafted. That it's all you know kind of transferable. Yeah. Like it, you know within like a scene, the way a scene stands on its own. Or the way they wrap up, you know, an, an arc or whatnot, like over the course of a single episode. And then that too stacked up against over the course of a whole season. So I guess for me, yeah, I, I learn as much from TV as I do for film, as I do from film. Makes yep. sense, man. Makes sense. You know, <laughs> I, again, I think, you know, this is, uh, I, I'm, I plan to flag more and more uh, generally in this direction. I mean, I'm watching TV right now. I've been watching The Last of Us, which everything, I mean, it's, oh! it's, it's, you know, I haven't watched the newest episode, but this is the thing. It's like, it's fine. I feel like I'd rather be watching a movie every time I watch one of those episodes. So. Wow. I, well, I, I really like that show. So, I mean, I mean, but I, uh, it's good. It's good in a lot of, a lot of ways too, but you know, I, uh, neither here, nor, neither here nor there. The, this is, I mean, you have a perfectly reasonable point. Mostly I'm banging the drum for people to be very thoughtful with what they're watching and why and everybody can have their guilty pleasures and not everything has to be perfectly justified and, and you don't always have to be eating vegetables. You know, my favorite meal is fried chicken. Right. So, right. but, <laughs> but being thoughtful overall, even everybody's little contributions to do these things add up and make a big difference so right well i think too like being creators like that's something that we're more cognizant of you know i can't expect like a lot of people who aren't in our industry like creative types what have you to be as like again like because those people like want to watch tv like they just they want to watch what they want to watch like they're not going to sit down like like what's going to have the better you know impact on the industry or whatnot it doesn't concern them yeah. At all. And I'm sure there are things like, like, like there are things, things I know nothing about that I might not be as thoughtful of, like that certain people in that industry might want me to be like the car industry, for instance, I know next to nothing about, about cars, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure some people are like, Oh, why they buy this, this brand? Don't they know that like this brand or, you know, whatnot is whatever. Uh, cause also like, I feel like, cause I used to be really, really adamant, but like movies, only movies, only movies, only movies. And it was only gradually again, starting with Friday Lights where I started letting in TV as well and realizing, like, Oh, there's a lot that I can get from this medium as well. Cause as I'm sure you, we've all heard like a million times over the last like 25 years, basically since the Sopranos started, we've been in an ever evolving, like golden age of television. And it's true. Like I think more people actually, the more popular argument right now is that TV is better than film these days. I don't subscribe to that because again, there are movies that I love. There are t- there's TV that I love and you know and the opposite right but right now it's like such like i mean there's so many high quality shows to choose from on a daily weekly what have you like basis so i feel like a lot of like the storytellers now are like because they're getting more leeway a lot of the storytellers that we love and respect like, are getting more freedom and more room to explore in television so it's getting better there's so much it's getting better maybe I, maybe i yeah. won't be completely anti-tv in uh, 10 years from now but right now i'm holding i'm holding the line <laughs> alan wow. hold the line Everybody should watch more movies and less television. Just do it, people. It's only it's only an hour and a half. Just do your, it. Your your episodes are your your episodes are like an hour hour and fifteen minutes of them. So this is basically a movie. Just watch a movie. Just watch a movie. That's all. That's all I'm asking. And I say engage with the you know the movies, the films, the albums, the books, what have you that you feel compelled to engage with. No, know? I want you to engage uh, with the things I want you to engage with. That's it. <laughs> Wow. Firm, firm stance. I see how this is shaking out. <laughs> yeah, firm stance. All right, man. Well, this has been, yeah, this has been good. We had, a, 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 I love both halves of this uh, conversation that we had. Both were topics that, as I said before, I felt like 
we need to dive into further. So I'm glad we did. And uh, yeah, and I'm excited to see what the hell we talk about next time. Whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. But yeah. All right, man. No, I'm feeling good. I, I feel like that was a good, uh, yeah. It good, was. Good talk, I was. Man. Thank you for letting me stand upon my uh, soapbox. I love Jan. It was a good catching up. I love you too. All we'll, right, uh, we'll talk more soon. That about wraps it up for episode 24, our discussion of like TV versus film. And I got to say for myself, I think I won. I pretty much, I won. So that, that's the only comment you? I, that's, that's the only really comment I That's really funny because when I listen to it, see, first of all, I don't listen to it from a place of like, hey, who won this? But I, <laughs> but this kind of makes sense. It's more like, I feel like my viewpoint is, is a healthy and rational one. Healthy and rational one. I mean, I still I go back to the fact that first of all, it's not a thing where like movies are like this and TV is like this. Like there's, it's just a, they each encompass such a wide spectrum of stories. So you can't really say one is worse than the other. You have to kind of get down into it's like grouping any kind of you know people together and be like, oh, this group of people is bad or good or whatever. Everything comes down to, and this again goes back to like case by case basis mentality. Like because everything comes down to like how it's utilized. What's interesting to me is like a lot of what you're saying about television had more to do with you and your self-perceived issues with television and your engagement with it and your consumption of it and how you personally relate to it. And so like your issues kind of then like, you know, obviously color your perspective and that kind of like radiates out onto everyone else and their relationship to TV from the way you perceive it. So I find that really interesting because it all comes down to like how something is utilized. I mean, that's that's everything. That's anything. It's like you say, too, like I like you talk about making thoughtful choices for sure. But it comes down to, yeah, how you engage with the thing and also like what you prefer, what you get from it. I mean, that's basically anything, though. It comes down to own person's like utilization of it and what they want from it. And so that's why, to me, it's just such a much bigger conversation, which we already had. I know. Uh, then simply TV is this and movies are that like, yeah, that's how I feel. That's fair. You know, you make me think about, I think there's sometimes we feel like there's this push pull and it's something we talked around in different episodes too, but there's this push pull that it's like a spectrum that it's like one or the other between, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of like kindness, you know, space for people, not putting pressure on people, encouragement and like individual personal responsibility and I don't think those things are exclusive or are in combat. And I think long, a lot of times we treat them like they are. This is something I'd like to explore further, but like the idea that you can do both and you can have both and they don't need to yeah. be competitive. It's just about going about it the right way. And so I think we're both, you know, honestly, it may not sound like it, but I think we just actually 100% agree here as usual. We just focus on different parts of the problem. Yeah, and we kind of touched on that earlier. Wow, I'm 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 almost tearing up. And look look at us like the I, I love that perspective, Clinton. Um, but no, it's something we touched on in the episode too. Like I remember so the, you know the beginning of it, it's like you know we're ultimately trying to like I mean obviously trying to help and contribute and be sources of positivity and encouragement for people. And it's how, you know, our brains are each wired in our own unique ways as far as the things we think about and the approaches that we have, our perspective on things and how we come at these common goals of ours, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything you just said. Wow. I'm definitely down to talk about that more in a, in a new episode. That was good. That was good stuff. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Really working through some stuff. We're trying. Really We're trying. Um. Uh, uh, uh. By the way, people, um, folks, I'm just like- going to mention, you know, like, again, we coach, we consult. We'd love to talk with you about creativity, <laughs> create this kind of space for you. You can reach us yeah. at wearestorylife at gmail.com or you can check out our website at wearestorylife.com. Also, if you want to engage with us individually, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. 
And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Save Yourself and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Man on Amazon. Also, Being Awesome is now available on Tubi, Vudu, and the Roku channel. So take that puppy for a spin on any of those delightful platforms. Take that puppy for a spin. I don't know about that mixed metaphor. Anyway, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to our editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, who is a wonderfully creative person in his own right, and we need to do an episode with him. Mike, we got to put you on the schedule here. Uh, And also thank you to our friends and family for all their support. Couldn't do it without y'all. Yes, seriously. Thank you all so much. Folks, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwall and Alan C. Gardner with Story Life. Take care. <laughs> Join us next week. I like the the upspeak at the end there. Very very <laughs> confident in uh, my statement there. Maybe you'll, <laughs> you'll join us next. Maybe there'll be an episode next week. Okay, bye.